All right. So apparently, uh, we were all wrong. Uh, Rocky fights the Russian in the fourth installment of the Rocky movies. <coughs> and Sasquatch was just debating me how he was less wrong than I was since he said three uh, and I said two. And I call total BS and just wrong is wrong. And so we all failed at that. And Jeff is trying to claim that like he just said he he wasn't wrong at all because he just said that I was wrong and he didn't say which one it was. I don't actually I mean, I'm not having gone back to listen to it, like to specifically listen what Jeff said in regards to it. But I'm saying Jeff was wrong, too. So all you guys were sorry, like we messed up our Rocky uh, movies. I have a, a board now with all the Rockies written down on it and who he fights and which ones. So that when you reference them, when you reference them in the future, you you can get it right. Exactly. Exactly. And I I wasn't sure. Like I wasn't a hundred percent. So I didn't actually comment on which one it was. I have listened back to it, but the truth is I didn't know if it was three or four. So I didn't comment. So Jeff was just as wrong as Sasquatch and I. So, but fine. I had the key. I made an answer, and I acted confident and sure that I was right, even though I didn't know. That's really what matters. Yes, yeah, fake it till you make it. That's right. It's all that matters in this world. That's actually probably a legitimate thing for uh, for shooting. Like, even if you're unsure about yourself, when you pull the gun out of the holster on that after the buzzer goes off, just shoot like you're the best shooter in the world. Right. Way to do it. I am. Uh, No, no, you're not. Uh, Sorry. Not? Wrong again, Jeremy. Wrong again. Not close. (laughs) Um, So, uh, we also had a, uh, we had a comment for the last podcast and where we taught, where Jeff brought up the secret sauce. And this guy says, Jeff's full of crap. He says, I think the secret sauce exists, but is different for each person. This is one way of looking at it. In one word, desire. In two words, emotionless appraisals. In three words, strengthen the weaknesses. Can you guys expound and elucidate with your opinions on this topic? Thanks. You guys uh, are going to have to decipher that for me because I, I, that's that's over my head, to be honest. Uh, those are big... S- those are big words for Oklahoma. Uh, I'm not big- going to lie. Like to, to know what elucidate means. I'm using context clues that it's very similar to expounding. Um, so I'm, I'm assuming that elucidate means clarify. And, but I don't, <laughs> I don't think I've ever used the word elucidate in my life. And I have a decent vocabulary, but I've never used elucidate. So that's a new one. So we at least learned something um, from, from John. Uh, so do you guys have a response to, yes, there is a secret sauce, but it's different. Basically there is a secret sauce, but you have to go on your own journey to find it. Well, okay. So here's how I will answer that one. When people say secret sauce, they normally think there's like something that they learn to do this or know this, that it'll all make sense and they'll get really good. And what he is talking is basically learning any skill regardless of what it is, the desire to do it, being able to basically break down what you did, what you need to fix. And then what was the third part of that? 
strengthen the weaknesses. Which is kind of the same thing as the second one. You're breaking down, seeing where your shortcomings are, and addressing them. I don't really think that's secret sauce. It's kind of that's how you would learn anything. Jeff, do I mean, you have do you have a response? Yeah, if if that's what he's saying, then then yeah, I I don't disagree. But but if I just heard the first thing he said in the, when he said there is a secret sauce, it's just different for everybody. I don't I don't know if I agree with that statement. Uh, like everybody. Everybody learns differently, yes. Everybody will have to work on different things uh, with more attention. But but I don't think there's like a different secret sauce for every person. But I don't know if that's what he's saying, honestly. So, uh, so okay. Um, I don't think his... Well, yeah, I'm going to completely disagree with his first statement that I think the secret sauce exists, but it's different for each person. Um, I think that's wrong, but I'm not sure he's defining secret sauce correctly because like pretty much everything like desire, emotional appraisals, strengthen the weaknesses. Like he's kind of describing hard work. Like, like those things are encompassed in hard work and hard work cannot be the secret sauce. I mean, like it, I guess it can be, but the secret sauce is supposed to be like, you do the you get this one thing, this one little thing figured out, and then you're good, right? Like it's whereas hard work is just you're you just work hard like all the time. Like, which means you have to have desire. That means you have to be able to appraise yourself and what you're doing. That means you like, like that's just what kind of what hard work is. Um the idea that that you're gonna have like a secret sauce, it's just each person is going to have their one thing that's going to push them over the edge. Um, I say that's bogus, and I base that off base. Anything that I have done throughout my life, skill-wise, there's almost always times where I go through like a week or two, and I'm like, I have found the secret sauce. Like, I just need to think about pulling the trigger straight back. And when I do that, everything is good. Or I just really need to grip really hard with my left hand. And then all of a sudden, everything's really good. Or I need to focus on the front side. Or I need to use target focus. Or or whatever it is. Uh, or I need I got this new gun and it's, it's really good. And you get these highs where it works. I have never experienced that where it's like that works in perpetuation. Uh, I'm not, I may have just made that word up, but... Um, perpetuity it it just works in perpetuity that's the really the word i'm looking for um and so like i that's what i think is like you may think you found the secret sauce but the very next day you're having that same thought process may not work you may have to find something new the next day to find what works the next day does that make sense yeah it kind of wraps back around to the bottom of his thing too it's uh Basically finding your shortcomings or however he worded it. Yeah, strengthen the weaknesses. Mm. Yeah. I, I mean that and that's constantly changing. As something gets better, something else needs is now the new low hanging fruit. No, something like semi related to this. Uh I was listening to uh Cody's podcast, Shoot Fast Podcast the other day. We don't say and- other names. 
I know. I know you're not supposed to. It's like a it's like a hidden yeah, code, podcast code that like no podcast yeah. mentions another podcast. Yeah, you don't we um, don't want to promote the enemies. Yeah. But I was listening to them on there and it was uh Cody, Mason, and Ben Barry. And uh Ben Barry something said something that uh I really related to. And he was talking about training and he was saying, you know, sometimes you find this one thing and you're like, yes, this is it. And you spend like a couple weeks like honing and refining this, this one thing or fixing this one thing. Like, like this is going to be the game changer. And then after like several weeks of working on it, you realize it like did nothing for you. And it was a huge waste of time. Uh, yeah, I totally relate to that. Like not everything you, you think you figure out is going to be a win, right? Uh, not every training practice you decide to take on is going to be beneficial. Uh, that's kind of the challenging part of it all is like, are you working on something that's actually helping you kind of deal? And uh, I think the the big answer to that is if you're just putting in time and you're being consistent, then you're getting somewhere. Though you might be spending two weeks doing something stupid it could benefit you in, in some other way that you're not thinking of. Right. At least you're figuring out something that won't work, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it was just super relatable when he was talking about it. Yeah. That you kind of bring up something that I was, I was wanting to talk about, or I wanted to mention this week and I wasn't sure how I was going to lead it in. But so Jeff, what is the best workout? Like, like if you're working out, what is like, what is the best workout that you can do? The one that you do. Exactly. Yes. Like that's like whatever you can do, like consistently, like that's the best workout that you can have. Uh, and like, so like, like right now in my life, like I can get 25 or 30 minutes in the morning before the kids wake up. Like that's like, like you're not in 30 minutes. You can get a decent workout. You're not going to like do anything crazy. Like you're not going to get like super ripped or jacked or anything like that. But like, that's the best thing I can do. And the goal through that is that by doing it consistently and being consistent with it, then you're not looking for the gains in two weeks. You're looking for the gains. And what if I do this consistently for a year? What does it look like? Or six months? What does it look like? In three years, what does it look like? Um, and I think a lot of times with the secret sauce talk, we try to like, and, and I, I kind of bring this back to like, we've, we're recording this the week of uh, the Bighorn. And, you know, a lot of people want to like train up for their, for matches and stuff. And like, they want to peak at matches and kind of have this ebb and flow. And, and that's like, I think that's natural. And there's some certain matches that you're going to have to do. Like you can't just maintain super high all year, but at the same time, I think there's some level of validity to just be consistent all the time and don't necessarily worry about trying to peak if you're wherever you're at in your training, just keep at it. Uh, I don't necessarily try to throw a bandaid on something because you got a match this week, right? It's like no, just keep working on what you're what you think is is pushing you. That's going to give you the best results in six months rather than the best results this week. Mm, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and then I've also heard it said. I think I've heard multiple people say this. Uh, people, they overestimate what they can accomplish in a day or a week, right? And they underestimate how much they can get done over the course of a year. 
if they're hitting it every day, right? Like you don't, you don't know how much of an impact that's going to have on you. If you're just consistent, you're in there every day, but you're not changing anything in one week. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, I love that. That saying is, is like one that I should probably like write on my wall, like paint it on my wall in my shop and like read it every day. Sasquatch is over here. Like workout, dude, this is genetics, baby. <laughs> I have been considering getting back in the gym. But then, mm-hmm. you know, my alarm goes off in the morning and I'm kind of like, you know, this bed's pretty comfortable. Like the gym is so far away. Yeah. Dude, the best thing that I, I think one of the best life choices I ever make is I never turn my alarm off. Like I have, like right now, it just is 6 a.m. It probably should be earlier, but 6 a.m. is what I got right now. And it, like, it, I have it set to go off every day at 6 a.m. And I get up pretty much every day at 6 a.m. To the point that it's like, it doesn't hurt to get up at 6 a.m. Like it, like the alarm just goes off and you're up. Or you even wake up a couple minutes before it goes off. But um, I like getting I like getting up at 6.30. Yeah. So if, if you got up at 6, then you can get a 30-minute workout in. So that's 30 minutes where I'm currently sleeping. Well, yeah. here and I like sleeping. Here's here's what I do when I'm coming off of a hiatus. Like if I if I have something that I have to take off six weeks or something, and I can't work out, and I'm trying to get back into the swing of it, um, and I have to work out early in the morning. So the first thing I do is for like a week, I just try to get up. Uh, yep. I just try to get up. Like if I don't work out, that's okay. Uh, I just try to get up at the right time and stay up. Uh, and then, I, you know, I start inching my way forward and getting back in the swing. But it's hard to go from doing nothing to jumping up at 5 a.m. and getting in a good workout. Like, it's it's almost just not going to happen. But maybe. Yeah, no, I, I think that's good. <laughs> good advice, Jeff. Yeah, I do have an important update on last week's podcast, too. Okay. Are you not the Raw Time champion anymore? Uh, no, I did not win raw time this week. But more importantly, <laughs> the AC in my car gets fixed next week. Oh, thank goodness. I was real worried about Man. that. Very important. It just barely came under like the, the set dollar amount that I decided was the max I would put into the car. It was like $12 after that. <laughs> I'm glad that you're not going to have sweaty balls when you go into work. Well, I also don't have to buy a new car. That's kind of nice. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not a great time to be buying a car, especially if you're oh. trying to buy a used one. Whatever. He was just going to buy a brand new one. Yeah. I was going to. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. I'm, I'm glad you're not going to be all worn down and wore out from driving around in the heat when we go to. When we go to this match. Oh, yeah, no. I won't have to hear any excuses for it. No, no, I'm I'm driving to the airport and flying there, and then riding out with uh, Henning and his wife Maylee. Right. What yeah. if Henning's at, at AC is not working one hundred percent? Then I'm renting as a car to drive out there. You know, Jeremy's air conditioner in his truck only works sometimes. When we take his truck to matches, he he didn't fix it for you. It like it like sometimes just doesn't come on. 
Like every time we get in the truck, we're like, is it going to work this time? I don't know. Let's do this. <coughs> in fairness, I don't think it ever like went more than like 10 minutes without coming. on. Like it, it'll eventually come on. Uh, it's just sometimes you start it up and it doesn't come on. Uh, where were we headed but for that? It was somewhere fairly warm. I was area three. Was it Nebraska? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is that match not always miserably hot? Uh, not last year. Last year was freaking awesome. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was nice. nice last year, wasn't it? I always think back though to like the previous years where it's like a hundred degrees and humid and just miserable. Yeah, no, it's it's normally terrible, but last year was like the best weather ever. Uh so let's let's hope for that this year. So this this match that we're going to this week, this weekend. It's uh, it's gonna be a big change for me, big big dynamic change because I haven't gone to a major in a while that uh, Jeremy didn't drive me to and cook me breakfast every day. So <laughs> uh, I don't I don't yeah. really know how this is gonna go. It's uh, I'm a little nervous about it. I got yeah. You're, we're gonna see how Jeff performs whenever he actually has to drive and he hasn't been pampered for two days. <laughs> and, yeah, and I get pampered. Yeah, and Sasquatch right, yeah. should be pampered this time. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Uh, I don't know. I just don't know. I don't know if I'll be able to handle it anymore. I, yeah, I, that's going to be tough. I don't know how hot it's going to be there, so I am hydrating up well this week. Because it was, yeah. I shot, I shot a match last weekend, and it was, it was hot. Like I've got a, I've got a half gallon like off-brand Yeti water jug that I take to matches. Mm-hmm. I drank that entire thing by like stage six of the seven stages. So, yeah, man, we are actually getting lucky. Uh, they were last week, they were in like 105, 106, and uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday is 88, 90, and 93 for the high. So, we're actually hitting it fantastically. Uh, like it's gonna be that's pretty nice, uh, for that weather. So, that's yeah. actually really cool. It'll be a welcome Heck relief. Because yeah. last week was miserable here. The good thing is, even if it's hot there, they've got they've got big covered uh sh- um shade areas on every single bay. Uh they like have like walls and stuff. And so like if it's windy or whatever, you can get out of the shade. They're big enough to hold two squads. All of them are big enough to hold two squads. Oh, um, nice. So like you you can get out of the sun and the wind if if need be, um, which is, which is cool. All right. So Jeff, you shot, uh, you shot a local or something here this weekend that you did something cool. Yeah. So there was a, it's not necessarily a new local. It's just a local that is under new leadership, I guess. Someone new has taken over organizing the, the match and setting up the stages and, uh, being in charge of all the range equipment and everything like that. So it's basically a new match that uh, I've been to before Before the leadership changed. I've been there like twice. Uh, I think it was the first place I ever shot an organized USPSA match. Um, but I went back to it this last weekend. It's the guy, I know the guy that's that's doing the that's heading it up. It's Chris, Chris Stallworth, if you know him, he's a great guy. But, uh, yeah, so he, he even sent out like, uh, 
the stages on practice score before the match. Uh, so I got to see the stages before I went. That was kind of cool. I mean, you don't really expect that from a club match, but, uh, and I honestly, I won't, I wouldn't expect him to keep that up. Uh, if he does the match for, for very long, that, that would be a lot of work to, to keep up that kind of involvement, yeah. but it was pretty cool to, to do it. And so right off when I saw the stages, I was like, these actually look pretty great. Like, uh, the stages there, you know, it, it was like, he had a bunch of short stages this is what I really liked about it. He had short stages that were just taken from the long stages. So you like shoot the long stage and then you just like take out a few targets and lay down some steel and you'd shoot it as a short course. So yeah. there would still be like a lot yeah. of like moving around and walls and ports. It was just like a very involved short course, right? Uh, and he had a couple of those. And I thought that was really cool. Um, I don't really see that. Like normally at a club match, if you see a short course, if they're going to like take the effort to set up a short course, it's like usually a stand and shoot or like a, a sidestep and shoot. Uh, it's usually very, very little movement in a short course at a club match. Um, so I thought that was really cool. Um, the way that he he kind of took pieces of his long courses and then made short courses out of them. And then another thing that he did that I thought was cool is he had a classifier at the match, and the classifier was also built into a long course. Um, so the classifier had like a mandatory reload in it and stuff, but he just set up the array for the classifier within his long course, and then you just shot it normal like a long course, like just as an array, but you know, you didn't follow the classifier procedure or anything like that. But then when it was time to do the classifier, you know, you just got up there and shot those targets. So he, he had some really good ideas that I thought worked really well for a club match and getting extra stages out of your setup and things like that. On top of that, he's, he's really good about keeping everybody informed on Facebook and, uh, talking about the match, uh, giving updates and, he even like sent out a recap after talking about uh, the scores and who won what and um, how many shooters showed up and they hit a milestone for a number of shooters showing up. Um, so he's working really hard at it to to make it a very attractive match and I think he's doing a really good job. Yeah, I know that sounds good. That sounds real similar. I mean, when I did run a match and I haven't in a long time, but. Well, I only had two, I only have two bays, and so yeah, I would do something. Basically, I do six stages in, with two bays, and so you have to do something really similar to that, where yeah, you set up a big course and then pull stuff out of it and make it a medium course and make it a short course. Yeah, one of one of our yeah. semi local clubs will will do something similar. They have three bays to use, so they'll run a six stage match on those three bays, and every, is it more? I don't. Yeah. It's, and normally two of the stages will be where they have to like take some targets out or there's like another set of fault lines and you'll reuse the same targets, but it'll be less rounds or like it'll just be the front portion of the stage or something. Yeah. It, it, it's a good use of the space. I mean, I, I definitely prefer entirely original stages, but it's still a good use of the space. And a lot of clubs just don't have a ton of space. Yeah, and if it, I mean, if you have something that's doing it that has some imagination, like 
even though you're, you might use the same walls and the same the same targets and stuff, <laughs> it can be an entirely unique stage by by making change by just making the requirement different for what's there. Um, so I yeah. like I think there's and it's what it it, it is nice because that set setting something up like that does take longer than just setting up a stage you only have to run one way. By the same time, if you get two or three stages out of it, then you you get three stages out of only having to build one stage. You only have to tear down one stage, only use targets mm-hmm. for one stage. So you can your resources can go way further. You know, if you don't have a ton of walls, you don't have a ton of steel. Um, it's a way that you can make your resources go way further. Well, and and we'll do we'll do something similar like you're talking on our uh Tuesday night indoor matches like we might move a few targets around a little bit or something but otherwise it'll generally be the first two or three stages will be basically the same walls with different start positions so maybe you started on the left the first time or you start in a chair in the middle or you start on the right and then the next time you'll start at the front of the stage or you know you'll change something like that and while all the target presentations stay the same is it does make a completely different stage yeah and then another thing that he did really great, the thing that made it look good when he sent out the stages and I was excited to go shoot it before I even went, uh, is in his diagrams and everything, the stages, like he didn't have any of the, the crap that I don't like, which is uh, just like, you know, three targets in an array that look exactly the same, exact same height all next to each other and having that multiple times in in a stage, like those stages just really bother me and they get old so fast uh, when you just like yeah. run to a, an array and it's it's for the exact same targets at the exact same height uh, spaced out, sometimes even the exact same spacing between them all. It's just like, what? Come on. Um, I don't know that he had any targets that were the exact same right next to each other. Uh, he either had, he would have like a target and then a double stack or a target and then a uh, you know a target with a no shoot or a target and then a, a low target. Uh, he did really good changing it up from target to target, uh, which I think is amazing. And I don't think he even did any like like four like you'd run and shoot four targets next to each other, even if uh, they were all different. I don't think he even did that. It was like usually like two targets they're different, and then over here there's two more and they're different. Uh, he did a, he did a fantastic job. The only thing worse than like four targets side by side that are all identical is when they do three targets. It still have it have like a thirty round stage. So then for like low cap, it's just a, an extra reload from like your fourth patch for nothing. Oh yeah, I will say like, and I, I think this is I think this is what Jeff is saying that like. The whole the premise of having like let's say you put four targets at t- four open targets ten yards all equally spaced, um, like if you went to a match and they had one position like that, like I would be totally fine with that. Like I think like that like that is a skill. Can you can you rage on these like can you rage on four targets in a row, uh, not lock up, still shoot good enough points and still be really fast at it? Um, like I think that's a that can be a cool part of a stage. If it's not that just repeated three or four times in a stage or three or four times in a match, even like 
one position in one stage that's like that, cool. Like let's let's see some guys who can rail some splits and see what they can do. Like I think that like that's cool. That's fun. Um, but yeah, having that for an entire match is terrible. Yeah, yeah. I, when that's like your go-to format for building stages, that's that's well, not good. I think what what that ends up is whenever you're you're too focused on trying to get the round count up instead of just like building a stage and kind of having an idea like, oh, this is going to be a twenty to twenty-four round stage instead of like when you build a stage and you're like, okay, how am I going to get thirty-two rounds in this? And you start adding targets. I think that's where a lot of that stuff comes from. Yeah, but but even like. Like you said, uh, four targets together in one section of a stage or something's fine. But, you know, an easy way to be kind of interesting on that is maybe you have, you know, two targets side by side that are five yards away. So they're just like real burners. But your third target there is a skunk target at 15 yards. Like it's certainly like something you're going fast on and then something that you're a little more disciplined on. Or what I've seen is a lot of times uh, some of the really good stage designers, you know, they might have a couple of you know, real burners beside each other, but the, the ideal target to come into that position on, you know, it'll be uh, a partial with no shoot with, you know, three or four inches of A zone on the lower or something. Just interesting way to break it up without it, everything being an easy shot. Yeah. I, th- I think the whole, like you need a mass director needs to be able to look at like their stages through a match and they shouldn't, it shouldn't be a homogeneous feel. Like it shouldn't be like you probably should have a stage that's all open. That's a pretty high hit factor. That's kind of a grip it and rip it type stage. Like that's a skill to test. And you might should have a stage where you've got a lot of partials and distance. shoot. Like, like it shouldn't just be a completely homogeneous. Every stage you get, you have a six hit factor on or every stage you have a 10 or 12 hit factor on. If you, you know, stage is super close. Like a good match director is going to look through their match and try to have like they're going to have variations throughout all of it. Um, and if, if they're inexperienced and don't know like what to look for, then look at your hit factors that look at, like look at your winning hit factors at the end of the match. And if they all very similar, then okay. Then you probably need to like, you, you didn't, you didn't really challenge people differently. Like there should be, like, and that's not a, like that's, that's kind of a litmus test. It's not a litmus test, but that's something that you can at least get a pretty good clue on. Like, okay, we at least varied the challenges of how fast they could go. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So the matches at the uh, scrap club in Duncan, Oklahoma, Chris Stallworth is the one running it now. He's doing a great job. So if you're in Oklahoma or what, I don't know, Wichita Falls area, Texas, or something like that. I don't know. Some of the people from Double Tap come up and shoot it too. So it's not, I think it's like two hours from there. Uh, so yeah, it's a great match. If uh, what, what he, he's doing it? a great job. Third Saturday. What is that what this last weekend was? Mm-hmm. I don't want to get it wrong. Yes. Yes. Last weekend was third Saturday. Yeah. Third Saturday. So, so- Sasquatch is asking because he's wondering, oh, hey, maybe they can just come up to me and they can put that match on here close, like within 30 minutes of my uh, house. No, That'd be great. Right. Yeah. No, that's right. Weekend for that. We have we have a great third Saturday match up here. If it was like first Saturday, I was going to recommend that. But Yeah. 
I'm jealous. I'll tell Chris to keep his his traveling match here in Duncan then. Yeah. Jeremy, let's go next uh let's go next month and beat up on Jeff. Uh probably not, but <laughs> <laughs> that would that would probably be like a six hour drive for me. I don't think Jeff's gonna put us up in his house. Maybe we I guess we could stay in his old house. He still hasn't sold it yet, so we could just like camp out in his yeah. old house. Yeah. Build sure. a fire He'd in the middle of the living room. He would probably he would probably like a that. little Yeah. There's still a couple beds over there. You'll be set. There we go. Power's still on. Gas is still on. Plumbing's still on. But do you have the AC running? Yeah, the power's still on. But do you have it set like so the AC is still keeping the house at like 70? He's wondering if is it 68 degrees yes, in there? Yes, yes, Jared. If you went over there right now, it's it's running and it's just ready for you. Perfect. All right, I'm in. <laughs> God. Uh all right, so have you all looked at the the matchbook for this uh Bighorn Classic? I glanced through it so I could see how many rounds I needed to load. I I have not. How many rounds do we need for it? Uh, I think it was like, like three fifty, three eighty, or three seventy, or something. Oh wow! It's like three okay. fifty is the minimum. So I'm a little disappointed, honestly, and I hope I'm pleasantly surprised. A lot of twenty nine to thirty two round stages. The two shortest round stages there's and there's only two of them are twenty two rounds, and the rest of them are twenty eight plus. There's yeah. one twenty eight. And then 29 and 31, 32, 32, tons of 32s, which is not my favorite, man. That wears me out to do that. I noticed that when I was counting up the rounds and I was kind of like, yeah, that's a little disappointing. So I hope I'm surprised, but I'm I'm skeptical. I have no doubt. We'll see how it goes. I have no doubt they're going to be good stages. I just... I like to see a little more broad mix. Same, but I also hate to be critical before I get there, but it's just something I noticed. Yeah. I have every expectation that the stages themselves are going to be good. Uh, it, it, if like, <laughs> I haven't looked at a matchbook. Uh, if it, if it is, like you said, then yeah, they need to, they uh, need to have some more medium and even a, a short course or two in the future. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I have no doubt the stages are going to be good. I mean, I've heard nothing but good things on that match. I just personally, I'd like to see some like medium and short courses that are interesting as well. Yeah. So this is their state match. I didn't know that. I, yeah. I think they tagged the state match onto it. Um, like it's not all, well, this is only the second Bighorn classic there's ever been. It's only the second okay. one ever. Uh, cause they couldn't, they didn't have one last year's got canceled. Um, Typically in Colorado, they try to uh, have the state match on the eastern slope and the western slope. So of the we're talking about the Rockies, like they so they've got clubs on the east slope and then clubs on the west slope. And they try to one year though the east slope will get to host it, and then one year the west slope will get to host it. Okay, cool. Well, yeah, I saw that this was their club match, and then they're doing. Uh they're awarding their top three per division based on they'll do first place, 
and then they'll do second place if there's up to 25 shooters and they'll do 30 or they'll do third place if there's up to 50 shooters in in the division so i think there was only two divisions that are going to go to third place for overall division awards and then they uh but yeah they were doing some interesting things there oh i think that's uspsa guidelines is it i Mm. think so Uh, i think uspsa guidelines it's like first 10 spots you award one and then next 10 spots you award a second one or something I didn't even know that they had a guideline for like overall division award. It's it's like a lot of things in the rule book. It's not really followed very closely. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, because I think they were breaking it down like the using the classic numbers for class awards. Um but yeah. Two day shoot, right? I'm shooting all day Saturday. So there you, can options. Shoot, you can shoot it in one day or two days. We're shooting it in two days. Right. Yeah, we signed. I signed up for all day Saturday, so then Sunday, uh, depends on how Saturday goes, we may just stay at Bob's house and drink bourbon all day and barbecue, brisket, uh, and <laughs> just have fun. We may come to the awards. We'll just see how we shoot. How we shoot. Uh, we shoot terrible. We may not go to the awards. We shoot Sunday morning, don't we? Uh, yes. Saturday afternoon, Sunday morning. Yeah, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, I'm excited about it. Me too. Except for driving myself and making my own food. (laughs) Poor Jeff. Uh, You don't have to make food. We're in a hotel. You gotta buy it. Oh, okay. Okay, so I do have, since we talked about secret sauce, Later, I have I have a secret sauce advice for people out there. This is my secret Ooh. sauce. Maybe I'll do a secret sauce of the week, and maybe we'll just we'll just have a rotating secret. This is the secret sauce of the week. I don't know. We'll see. Is this a is this a like a real secret sauce, or is this like fucking with people? Secret sauce? No, it's a real secret. This is a real secret to, sauce. He's gonna tell you to buy a Colt and send it to Reed Custom Pistol Smithing for work. No, I don't do that. Uh, he's a hack. Um, no, so. If you're on the range and you're shooting and you're like, like it's just going, like you're just shooting like crap, like it's just not going well, just, just try like this, just, this is just a try it. Just try to grip the gun hard and just see if it gets any better. Cause like maybe you just like, you're so focused on how you're aiming, how you're pulling the trigger, like how your footwork is, like your gun hand, you're so focused on all that. Sometimes it's really easy to forget to grip the gun, um, and so yeah, that's that's my secret sauce of the week is grip the gun. Uh, if you're if you're struggling, just grip the gun hard. Um, actually, how I came out about that is uh, is I've been using Pro Grip for a couple several years uh, because when you go to places like Florida and stuff like that, like your hands are wet and sweaty and humid, like. And I come from a, basically a desert. Like you can't, it's just, you can't replicate it. I can't replicate that here. So like it was, so when the first couple of years I went to Florida, it was like, okay, this is not like shooting at home. And like, I can't, I can't perform like I do at home. So I had to figure out something and pro grip is the best thing. Like to me, pro grips too tacky. Um, but 
I can, if I practice with it, I can get the same grip pretty much here in Texas that I get in Florida. So I've basically been using pro grip exclusively in practice, dry fire, all that um, for several years now. Pro grip masks a lot of stuff. Um, like if, like if you're not gripping the gun properly, but you got your hands like soaked up in pro grip pretty good, you're going to get a lot of purchase just through that. And so last couple of weeks, I've been not using any pro grip during any live fire. I still use it for dry fire, but not in any live fire. And so it was really obvious on runs when I didn't grip the gun hard. Like it was, it, it was just like noticeably like, okay, that's really bad. Uh, and then the next run, like, okay, grip the gun hard again. It's like, oh, wow, that got way better. Um, and so for me, it was kind of like taking that, it was almost like the pro grip was a bit of a crutch. Um, and taking that away for practice kind of helped reinstill that, oh, yeah, you need to grip the gun hard, especially with that left hand. So my that's my secret sauce for the week. I like it. That's a good one. I've definitely done that. You're like shooting terrible and then you're like get angry and squeeze the hell out of the gun. And then you're like, hmm, that worked. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's it's actually frustrating because it's like that's all I had to do. Because in that in that moment, it does feel like secret sauce. Because it's just like, oh, wow, that got easier. Well, in a way, it kind of is. I mean, you think about it. Well, I mean, Sasquatch can't really talk about that because he's born with the secret sauce then because he has Sasquatch yeah. hands. And all so, you yeah. do is all you do is hold on to the gun. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's right. You don't. Yeah, we, we know that you don't. <laughs> but I mean, I do like it's it is a like gripping the gun hard can help cover up a lot of other like poor trigger techniques and cover up a lot of other things. Obviously, the re- yeah. the gun doesn't move as much in recoil. So your second shots are just more accurate because the gun's not flopping around as much. See, I don't like to think of it as it covers stuff up. I think it gives you more leeway. Like, you can be a little... You can round the corners a little more and get away with it. Sure. Right. I know I've mentioned this on here before, but for any new listeners, I'll mention it again. I don't use any pro grip or any sort of liquid grip because of what Jeremy was saying, like tackiness. Like it, it drives me crazy. You know, I don't, I don't want to get used to it. Um, I've tried a little bit and it just, it bothers me. Uh, I want, I want my hands as dry as possible, which like Jeremy said in a humid climate is difficult to accomplish uh, when it's super humid. And if it's raining, like you're totally screwed uh, if you're yeah. using any any sort of uh, a powder grip enhancer, which is what I use. I use uh, rosin powder. It comes in like the little salt shaker deals. Um, that's what I use. And if it's raining, like I'm just hosed. I'm, I'm just going to shoot with completely wet hands, no pro grip, and it's going to suck. That's just the way it is. Uh, yeah, n- but nothing, nothing but if it's rain. if it I have uh like in super super sweaty uh, situations like if it's a hundred degrees super humid I can still make it work if I have a towel I can wipe my hands all down real nice right before I shoot use a bunch of rosin powder and that'll get me through the stage and I won't have any issues they don't get slimy or anything but if it's raining like and you try to use that stuff it's just like 
It's literally just like putting motor oil on your hands. It's it's just disgusting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, what I used to do before I did pro grip, because I would all when I would practice at home, I just used the dirt, like because like we have really dry dirt and stuff. So I would just put some dirt on my hands and it worked great. So I filled up like a uh like a cayenne pepper shaker. Like I filled it up with dirt from my home range. And I just carry that to ranges all over the all over the country, and be like, oh, so man. I just like shake it out of my hands like this because it's like that's what I was used to. It's like I'm just gonna take that with me. I don't know what kind of dirt these ranges are gonna have. It might be super sandy or something that won't work. Uh, right. And so like I had so many people ask like, are you putting cayenne pepper? Like what are you what are you putting on your hand? <laughs> like what is that stuff? <laughs> like it's dirt. It's dirt from my awesome. home range. Like <laughs> it's cinnamon. It's cinnamon. That's right. <laughs> oh, stop recording, damn it.